Hey everybody, welcome back to Marvelous Geeks. It's Gisani Sophia and Jenna Guidi again. Hello. We're back. We're here again. And I'm excited for this one. What are we going to talk about this time, Jenna? Um, you know, just a lovely little book series called Bridgerton that might also happen to be made into a Netflix show this year. Maybe. Well, oh, that's a thing? Yeah, it, right? I, I heard about it briefly. No, okay. Cool, cool, interesting. I, cool. <laughs> Just very briefly. <laughs> we didn't read, like, two... How... No, it's embarrassing. I, I don't want to say how many times I've read book two publicly. <laughs> the general public does not need to know that. No, it's fine, you know. Totally fine. Uh, so, the Bridgertons. Where do we even begin? I just... There's eight of them. It's hard. It is hard. It's just curse the day that I was recommended this by my friend Annie, and then I dragged you down the mud with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Day, oh, God. Day. Okay, let's, let's get into it with... No. I'm trying to see how we can get into it normally without spiraling first that because will be I feel like if we spiral first we'll just be really exhausted by the end of it sounds about right um, okay do you can you rank the books I I don't know if I could rank all eight I would have to like right now but yeah. I definitely could give you my top three in order for sure honestly hang on I might be able to rank them definitely Viscount who loved me first then it would be romancing mr bridgerton um then eloise's book to sir philip Philip with love um then i think see now this is where now i'm gonna have an issue i think benedict's and then yeah yeah that's my exact order yeah or, or switch those and then um I was about to say Gareth instead of Gregory. Gregory and then Francesca. Just to be just to be quicker. What about the Duke and I? Oh my god, the Duke and I. <laughs> I forgot about that one. And that's that's the one that's that the, the show's first... gonna be on. Oh. I would have to say that would probably be between so it would be Gregory then Francesca's, right? So it would probably be Duke and I and then on the way to the wedding, and then when he was wicked, the last yeah. Story. yeah, it's very interesting because not that on the way to the wedding is rated low for me or anything. I really like that I one. Actually, same, I do too. I love Gregory and Lucy, and they're so cute. And Kate's in that book. Hello. Oh, Kate but, in that book is great. But for some reason, the just like. Not to spoil for people who haven't really read it, but I feel like anyone that listens to this has. But the whole thing of treason, I was just like, uh, what is happening here? It just felt like like that escalated quickly. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, we're, we're this is where we're going, okay. It, it's funny to start from the Duke and I, and then you end with treason. Yeah. You know, so it's like a big jump. But I still, I personally really liked it. I, I didn't do have too. Any- yeah, I didn't have, like, too big of an issue with trees, and I was like, okay, let's go, but 
I do think, because I do, I really like all of them. I think the only one that I don't like, 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 is Francesca's. Yeah. That was the only one. I still, like, enjoyed parts of it, but overall. I love the second epilogue a lot. Yeah, remember you tell, I still haven't read that one. I need to get I, back to that. You need to read the second epilogue, because the second epilogue is seriously so beautiful. I was weeping, like, ugly crying, <laughs> snot, like, it was just, it was really good. It it saved the whole book for me when I got to that. Um, I'm definitely going to have to read that. So maybe we could go from there. We could go from Francesca's book and then up. Okay. Like with our favorites. All right. Yeah. Would that be weird? I feel like that would be confusing for everybody, but it's fine. So Francesca's book is number six, I believe. Yes. Yes. Number six. At first, I was very skeptical because I was just like, like, that's your cousin, like your husband's cousin is in love with you. Yeah, and they were very close, so like that was a little weird. They definitely had some really sweet moments, but I think the thing that really took me out of it the most was that they were in Scotland the whole time. And like, we both love the family interacting. There was like none of that. She was just felt so outside of the Bridgerton family that I think that was a, another big reason on top of right, already feeling like hmm, that he was in love with her while they were mm-hmm. together. So it was a little weird. I think for me, the issue with that is exactly like Francesca felt so disconnected from the family. So that whole, that disconnect between Francesca and the family, while I kind of understood it and in a way it made me appreciate her because I started wondering more about her character. And that's something I'm really interested in seeing with the show, how they're going to kind of build Francesca back into the Bridgerton family whenever it's her. Cause obviously with the show, we're going to have more of the family that we wouldn't have in the book since the books focus solely on the characters and their love stories. So I'm very interested in seeing how Francesca is going to be involved or just you know yeah yeah like I'm very interested in how they're going to make her relationship with the family closer because I imagine we'll get probably get more letters and we'll get more I don't know maybe another I what I really hope they change and I really 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 hope this is that like and this is going to be so late into the future, but that she's actually at uh, Eloise's and Sir Philip's wedding. She's the only one who misses the wedding. And that upsets me because they are so close in age. So it's like, they actually grew up together. They're the two siblings that grew up together. So the fact that she doesn't get to be there was really upsetting for me. So. Yeah. And and she missed Colin and Penelope's too. And like, I feel like, she did. I thought she yeah, was she was those whole two books. She's in Scotland with Michael. Yeah, no, see, I don't, yeah. I don't vibe with that. I hope they change that. I hope because so there too. is a really awkward disconnect between her, and I think that's the reason I have such a hard time connecting with her. But I want to because there are parts of her character that are really fascinating that yeah. I think she could be so enjoyable if we did have those bits. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it always does make me sad though, like when. We've talked about this, like when it's um about a widow character, and it's like I don't know, like I'm like it's just sad, like so. 
it's just the weird thing is that it's like it's just a cousin, you know. It's yeah, not some and the fact that she met later on. Yeah, and the fact that he's been in love with her for so long that it's just yeah. like, like if it happened more naturally after the mm-hmm. fact, I would have liked that more. And like I get unrequited love and stuff, but I don't know. I think it was just like the way some of it played out that just didn't work for me. So Gregory and Lucy. Gregory and Lucy. Definitely. Kate being in there too. They are adorable. The treason was insane, but I'm not gonna lie, I kinda like that little extra drama, but it was like it was a little crazy. It also has one of my favorite Anthony Bridgerton quotes, which is still on my letterboard right now, which is I simply refuse to deal with idiots. It has cut all my social obligations in half. Not all, just my social obligations in half. And during quarantine i feel like that's kind of the best thing to have as your letterboard so thank you anthony bridgerton and yes i currently you. have the sticker you made of that quote on my it's ipad a, it's a damn good quote so. it is a fantastic quote although they have nine children and that stresses me out um i think the only thing that bothered me in that book was the whole like kind of back and forth between him thinking he has a crush on Hermione. Yeah. And then, but it's really Lucy. And I always hate that where I'm like, oh, just let the person like who they like from the beginning. But yeah. Yeah. There was one thing from that book that I really wish like could change was, would be Hyacinth and Lucy's relationship. Cause I feel like they were, they started to have a good relationship mm-hmm. when she helped her and everything. But, like, at the end, like, obviously Hyacinth's upset because Lucy broke her brother's heart. Totally mm-hmm. get that. But I wish that we got to see them, like, reconcile. And that's yeah. something that I'm hopeful in the show. I think that was in the second epilogue, wasn't it? I didn't read the second epilogue for that one either. Jenna! I know, I'm sorry. I forgot. I believe it's in the second epilogue. I'm not sure, though, because I've only read that once. It's one of the books I've only read once, and I can't really, you know. Like, just going off of the book. Yeah. I only read that one once also, and I just, like, that was a thing that, because then that goes for a lot of books and not just Bridgerton's, where people, like, just focusing on the main couple, which obviously, like, we're reading a romance book. We want that. Mm -hmm. But I also love the family relationships and everything. Mm-hmm. And I wish they gave everyone a little more time to like develop that. And even just like at the end of the books, just like explore a little bit more, not like crazy amount, just like, I don't know, a yeah. little chapter of just like everyone, like either reacting to something or I don't know. Absolutely agreed. I, we really love the family dynamics clearly. Yep. It's just, I, I'm always, what attaches me to things, romance aside, it's always just relationships. Like, any kind yeah. of, even if it's platonic, great relationships are my jam. Always. Like, they're just, they're something really, like, I, I, I've had this conversation before where it's like, especially today, I feel like people are really understanding how desperate humans are for human contact. I feel like for so long, people have been like, oh, I don't want to watch anything with relationships. That's just not good television. or That's not good, like, storytelling. But it's like, relationships are the key to everything. Clearly, yeah. human beings, we all thrive with on the relationships that we have. And 
I'm really glad we're getting to this point where we're appreciating that because people are so desperate that they're learning to understand how important these connections are with other people. So just wanted to get that out there for anyone who's like, oh, romance novels, they're not real novels. I got a 99 problems with those people and a lot of bones to pick. Agreed. As an English major, I feel like I can argue that very well, but. Yeah, no, I, I'm hard to agree. I love the relationships just make me more interested yeah. in a story. Absolutely. So now we have the Duke and I, which is yeah. what we're assuming the entirety of the first season is going to be. Yes. And, I. and it's the first book. Gregory's was the last book. Yeah. For, for anyone who is right, so I was number eight. where this nonsense is going. So... Although Gregory is not number eight. Gregory is number seven of the children. Um, yes. So the Duke and I is child number four. Daphne. <laughs> and the Duke of Hastings. Simon. I, oh. Oh. I really like them. I'm very happy with all the casting, by the way. Oh, Just my putting God. putting that out there. Um, but... Like, I was loving that book so much. I was laughing, like, it's witty, all that. But then the ending got me. And not it's not even the ending, the, like... It, right. The, the, the way. What was the central conflict got me, and not in a good way. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people. So, yeah, and essentially, I feel like anyone who's listening to this is you know there's going to be spoilers. So if you don't want to hear this, I don't know, stop listening at this point. But <laughs> what happens in The Duke and I is it's rape. It, you there's no other way to put it. As anything other than rape. And I feel like of the times, no one would argue that that's rape. That would be completely normal. And again, yeah. there's also another thing that I feel like, you know, you you don't obviously need to consent with your spouse every single time you share the yeah. bed with them. <laughs> like you're not actively consenting every time. And I remember there was this argument in another fandom we were in one time where the girlfriend kissed the boyfriend while he was asleep or something. And they were like, that's rape. Like you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And I was like, you can kiss your spouse when they're sleeping. That's not rape like we don't need to throw around the word no or things that aren't but what happens in the duke and i is because he said he didn't want to have children yes. and he only consented up to that one part so you don't go beyond that part because then it becomes yes. non-consensual and because simon was fully like not he wasn't fully there but he was aware of the fact that they were engaging in intercourse so Daphne being Daphne and knowing what she knows about him she should have pulled out she yeah but she like she knew what she was doing not completely but she did and he did tell her to stop I remember that yeah granted I've only read that one once I'm gonna reread it once we get a release date but I do remember him telling her to stop yeah so it's rape, and that's something that is not addressed in 19th century literature, yeah. probably. Or, 
And especially because she's the woman and it, yes. it is oftentimes the man. So if the TV series keeps this, which I really hope they don't, but if they do keep it, my hopes is that they at least address why it's wrong. Because in the book, it isn't really addressed. Daphne does not think she did anything wrong. Yeah, like, there was some remorse, but I don't think... Again, I need to reread it, but I would have felt a lot better if there was, like, true remorse and she fully acknowledged everything she Mm -hmm. did. But I don't think they went far enough to acknowledge how it wasn't okay. Um, Yeah, And also, like... I don't completely like that, like, Simon was kind of made to be the bad guy. Like, but she, like, he left her, but, you know, there was a reason. But, again, I need to reread that to see fully everything well, there. He didn't leave her, but, you know, he, w- he went away for a bit. Yeah, but also, that's just Anthony being dramatic. Oh, yeah, Anthony's always and being dramatic. getting his head into things that he does not fully understand because he's a yeah. Yeah, but also, like, I can understand because he's always going to protect his family. Yeah. So he's I just, like, I, again, I don't remember exactly what Daphne had said to him. So I, I don't know how much she made it. And I don't remember if she had said she's pregnant. No, she doesn't because she take, she writes the letter and she tells Anthony to deliver it to Simon, which says, like, you know, whatever the deed is, it is done or some, something like along those lines. Yeah. Uh. But if the series decides to keep that, I I wouldn't mind if they addressed it properly and were fully aware of what they were doing and what they were yeah. saying and made that something that the genre doesn't often address. Like, I've watched shows like Poldark or Outlander, Game of Thrones. You know, all those shows that have rape in it, they often they sort of gloss over it and they have really stupid lines like, if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be the person you are today. And that's like, no, Mm-mm. none of that bullshit. Like you are who you are in spite of the bad things that happen, not yeah. because of them. So the bad things need to be addressed in the sense that this is a bad thing. We don't do this thing and this is why it's bad. And it could be a woman, it could be a man and addressing the importance of consent and I don't know if that's asking for too much, but Shonda Rhimes is a producer on this show. So I'm hoping that if anyone can address it properly, it's her. If if right. it is something they've decided to keep. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I loved it. I would have probably given it like four or five stars if if it wasn't for that or if they handled it properly. Because no yeah. one's perfect. People make mistakes and sometimes people make very big mistakes. Yeah. Not being fully aware of all the ramifications. But... You need to explore that more. You can't just kind of gloss over something like that. In those days, no one was really talking about sexual assault. And if they were, it was in the way of... It was always the bad guy doing it to the good person or whatever. It was never... And I don't think it would ever be mentioned about male rape. Yeah. Especially with spouses where it wasn't exactly your traditional kind of rape where... From yeah. beginning to end, it's a no. It was something that is very specific to this couple. And it, it caters to a very specific understanding of knowing your partner and respecting their agency. So I really hope that the series chooses to address that and makes it clear that, you know, you have to respect your partner's agency. And that's 
something that I'm always, always going to be here for. Respecting agency is just on top of my list of things that I look for in, in a book and a TV show. And I don't care if it's 19th century or 2020, like respecting the person you love is everything. So yeah. I hope they do well by it. And, and I hope they have Daphne learn and understand. And it's something that shines light on spousal consent and accept. Because uh, other than that, that book is a damn delight. Like It really is. As dramatic as it is. There's a freaking duel. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Oh boy I really do need to reread that book it's ridiculous I cannot and then it's also very interesting because in that book I don't particularly like Violet like in that book Violet seems like a um just a normal matchmaking mama yeah she not as bad as uh Lady Bennett who's named oh uh, right now. that's hard that's hard because to... nobody can be no one can top her But, like, that first chapter, I was like, oh, is she going to be that kind of a mother? Like, is that what we're going to have to deal with? But throughout the other books, you're like, Violet Bridgerton, I stand to the end of time. Absolutely. Like, does that bring us to Hyacinth's book? That does bring us to Hyacinth's book. Oh, that. This is number seven. Child number eight. It's in his kiss. Which I love. I really like that book. I don't. I wasn't planning on reading this far in advance for some reason. I don't think we both weren't. We weren't planning like, on finishing the series. No. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just do it. And then I don't have I regrets. I actually didn't think that like getting that far that I would actually enjoy it. But I remember Hyacinth's book. First of all, just I will fight for Hyacinth Bridgerton to the end of time. I love her. To the end of time, throughout the entire series everyone is just giving this poor little girl crap for being annoying she's a little girl she is allowed to be agreed and i didn't even think she was that annoying she wasn't and that's what like that's what i mean i'm gonna fight for her to the end of time because i feel like people have a problem with teenage girls all the time or little girls or like the youngest girl always gets like you know yeah i have a soft spot for Hyacinth bridgerton man she just She's a delight. She's an absolute delight. I love her relationship with Lady Zanbury. Like, oh my God, so cute. Yeah, so cute. What is and the I book really? Oh, oh my God, <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth and something and, with the, and the Mad Baron. Yes, and the Mad Baron. Oh God, yeah. Her relationship oh. with Lady Danbury is perfect, and I can't wait to see more of Lady Danbury because I've liked her from the she's just I want a Lady Danbury in my life <laughs> period I wouldn't mind that but and I really like Gareth was cute I yeah. like I don't I like that they had an issue when they like fully addressed it mm-hmm. you know because if they didn't I would not have liked the book as much yeah and I like that they're there see theirs was fun like the diamond heist was yes. so fun so <laughs> like, cute and fun I know what's happening here but I'm here for it you find the diamond yeah and Seeing her relationship with Gregory more in that one and uh, having, right, Gregory's is the last book. Yeah. Yes. So, and I love that. I love that moment with uh, Violet. Yes. That 
Ooh. That is without a doubt in my top 10 Bridgerton family moments. It might, it, it might even be in my top five if I think about yeah. it. Because it's just so beautiful. So beautiful. Like, yeah. I'll cry it's, thinking about it, but. It was so touching, like, to, like, hear that about, like, how she, like, saved her after her husband's death. Like, I can't even imagine. It's something I I don't want to ever imagine. And I love the way that Julia Quinn wrote that line where she's, like, you just screamed. And, like, her, and, like, she came alive in that moment. And, And I just sobbing. Like, I wasn't crying. I was sobbing. Because it's such a beautiful thing to say. And I just... I cannot wait to see more of their relationship progress. Because again, you don't see these things in the books because the books are focusing on the individual characters and their love interests. So I cannot wait to see how the show maybe singles out their relationship in a uh, distinct way. And people who've read the books will kind of catch it and see why like Violet holds on so much to Hyacinth. And I just, beast on my heart. I can't, it's, one of the best moments. And then there's also the moment with the powerful Viscount Bridgerton. <laughs> I oh. remember before getting to that book, I was like, Anthony Bridgerton is just such a powerful man. And then the book addresses him as a powerful man. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Not ready for that. Oh, boy. And the fact that he's like, what, in his 40s at this point? Yeah. And he's still powerful. Yes, hello. He's he'll always be powerful. Of course, but but also always be an idiot. What does Garrett say? Like no, or he says like I've heard you've heard I've doubled her dowry. <laughs> and I just this I, man I was consistently just, like just using their dowry to be like get get them away from me. <laughs> I like how he's just so happy to have someone finally like you know be with Hyacinth. And then I think doesn't Gregory say like don't you have a daughter and he's like that's not for a long time or something. He's like I'm hoping she'll convert to Catholicism. Yeah. And become a nun. Like I would give anything, anything to get more of the Viscount who loved me, and to get like future Anthony with his children. I'll give anything. I need it. Uh, but yeah, Hyacinth's book is amazing. It's honestly, it was such a surprise how good it was. Yeah, and it's just so fun. It's just really a fun read. And then the epilogues are, did you read the second epilogue for that? Probably not. Which second epilogues have you read is the question. Um, wait, definitely The Viscount Who Loved Me. Uh, Romancing Mr. Bridgerton and I think Eloise? No. I don't know. Definitely those you two. Have I read The Duke and I's? No, I don't think I did. Oh my God. Sorry. So much disappointment happening here. Honestly, but anyway. I know. Sorry. Um, okay, what's next? Um, the Benedict? Eloise. No, yeah, Benedict. 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 So, an offer from a gentleman, number three. Yes. Book number three, offer from a gentleman. Did you say both number three? Book, book number, number three. Book number three, child number two. <laughs> it's, all right, you want to start on this one? Sure. I would just like to put out a disclosure, or is, that, is it a disclosure? Yes, I think it is. Yes. That's 
I I have a very soft spot for Benedict Bridgerton because when people don't like somebody who isn't a bad person, like I don't stand villains. Jenna knows this. I feel like everyone knows. Yes. I don't usually like the villains except Loki from the MCU. Exception. <laughs> but he still, we still want. But I acknowledge him. that he is a horrible little shit. Yes. And so, then we still love him because he's wonderful. Um. So. That's typically very foreign to me. I don't do that. But Benedict is... is but also, he's not a villain. He's he, not he, a he villain. Does, he does some stupid stuff. He does stupid shit. But I feel like people... Like, I've read comments that, like, make him seem like the spawn of Satan. And it's just, like, a stab to my chest. Excuse me. He's, he's not that bad, first of all. So anytime there's that character where I feel like they should have a little bit more love and they don't and they're just kind of like, meh, like, they're just not as liked. I'm just always like, I will like you. <laughs> so so I, I'm i ready to fight for Benedict as well. He's also a character that I'm, I'm ready to go to war for. And you can address his issues. <laughs> okay. I like Benedict. I do like Benedict. The first time I read the book, though, I was like, oh, God. And then I did read it again. But, like, he grew on me, especially after reading Eloise's book. But we'll get to that in a bit. But my biggest issue is how he reacts around Sophie and how pig-headed he can be about some things. And he says some really nasty things, but doesn't... Like, he tries to apologize, and I wish Sophie would let him apologize Mm -hmm. more, and it would make me feel better. And, like, not to say that Sophie's... Sophie should have said something. And so could he, but I think like some of the things that he does just like really rub me the wrong way, but it does make me feel a lot better how much he like tried to apologize. Yeah. But it was still. The the thing with them two is that they never had bad intentions and it was like, it was never, they never did anything that went against the other's wishes. And I think that's kind of the difference between Benedict and Sophie and Simon and Daphne like at no point did they do anything that the other person really did not want like yeah Sophie gave in to him yeah the whole dude is in a love triangle with the same woman yeah and that like she should have told him she should have like and then she, there was that line where she was like, she was jealous of herself. And I was like, then just tell him. Yeah. I, I think my and biggest issue, though. And I get that for though, the sake of drama, like, this is what was done. But I was just like, y'all could have saved yourselves a lot of time if you just, you know, told the truth. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Like, even if he had said, because I don't think, like, I don't think she knew how much the mystery girl meant to him if he had ever just said like you know there was this girl one time and like if they ever had a conversation or anything he was like yeah I met this girl once at a masquerade ball and I can't stop thinking about her and she's like hi it's me yeah no but he never even addressed that like he never met her so it's just like these two were just going around a weird ass circle like yeah and I think the thing that bothers me the most and I don't know why I didn't say it before I had a brain fart but the fact that he always, he kept saying, like, be my mistress, and she yeah. kept saying she didn't want to be, that was my biggest issue, where yeah. it's like, she just said no, and I do feel like, 
I understand, like, you know, you want to be a little more, like, hot and steamy with some stuff, but I feel like there should be a little more, like, you say, no, all right, I'm, I am going to back away now. Yeah. You know, like, I think there should have been, I wish there were more boundaries. Well, there are them. moments where he says, if she had said no, he would have backed away, would have killed him, but he would back away. Yeah. That, I forget when that is. It's during, I, well, I thought she did, the, you know, she's, I no, thought she, she does it. She just, she says something else and then it's, it's during a kiss or something and he says it like, or, or it's while they're having sex the first time or something where he says something along the lines of, if you, we can't go back from this. So something like, if you don't want me to go further, say something now. Oh, then yes. Yes. So they're, they're actually did it yeah yeah they were and there she was 100 there and yeah. then or even like while they're kissing like she always gives in to him because hello she yeah. loves this man and i'm like you two both of you just need to speak more yeah uh, but it was still the fact that he kept asking her yeah well he's him. an idiot i never yeah. said he's a smart man he's a little smart not complete. yeah also one other thing is i'm like why doesn't he it, it's like like, I guess it makes sense because, like, he's not acknowledging his privilege. Privilege is not something they oh, really yeah. talked about back then. But it's, like, he is so thick-headed when it comes to thinking about their differences and how yeah. much he is je- was jeopardizing her job in yeah. his mother's house. Like, so again. But then, like, in that way, he's also thinking, like, oh, it's my mom. And, yeah, like, she's not going to fire her ever. Yeah. Because I'm going to stand up for it. And, like, if he said something. And that's the thing with Violet. Like, she would give anything for her children. Even if she didn't agree. I don't remember if it's in Benedict's book. Or if it's in Anthony's book. Where she's just like, I don't know where what you did. or But, like, like she knows her children. And she yeah. knows her sons, especially. Like, yeah, her sons are idiots. My only thing with Benedict is that I feel like he's, in general, he's, He's kind of like Francesca in that sense where he doesn't talk a lot. Because no one in his family knew he was an artist. Yeah. Like, how is it possible that nobody knew this about him? Yeah. So he's got some issues on his own. And I think that has to do with, like, second son kind of thing. And, like, the weird whole, like, I, well, I'm never going to be more important than my brother. And, like, this brother has all this. Like, yeah. I feel like even though he's not the middle child, he kind of has that, like, middle child struggles. Well, he technically is still a middle child. He's, he's, he's an middle older middle. The brothers, like yeah. I think that's obviously where his comparison is going to come from. He's not going to compare himself to Gregory or like no. any of his younger sisters. It's between the brothers where I feel like their issues because even Colin has it, and Anthony's is like in a weird way. Like the, the three brothers, I feel like have this weird, not weird. It's completely normal. These comparisons and their own issues that they go through that I feel like the others don't really know about. Yeah. So as close as they are, they're not that close. Like, again, how does Anthony, who is closest to Benedict, not know that he's an artist? I just... I guess it's kind of like, you know, the stereotype of, like, guys not talking to each other. I guess. I love when, again, go back to relationships. I love when even non-romantic relationships are different. So I hope that that's something, it looks like that's something the TV series is going to change because the description of Benedict did sound like, oh, he's like the artist and the quiet one and stuff. So I'm guessing his family knows about it. 
So I wonder if that'll kind of make it different. And I, I hope that the whole mistress thing is not as dragged on because yeah. well, thank you. Hopefully we'll handle it a little bit better. Again, like maybe respect more boundaries or like figure out something else. Because I don't know, it comes off a little bit as a little callous. But overall, like it's still a really good book. Like it's Mm -hmm. fun. It's sweet. I love them getting her from the jail cell at the end. Love that. I love his Um, conversation with Violet where she's just like, what I'm going to love you no matter what you do. But also I just, I, why are they being, I don't. Again, I don't understand this. He's the second son. Why are they, like, basically banished to a cabin in the woods? A cottage in the woods? Like, Well, they said, I don't think they're bad. I think it's what they both wanted, so they yeah, wouldn't have to yeah, deal with any talk. To a degree, but, like, yeah. they made it seem like... Because even when they got word that basically Sophie is, like, the distant cousin of a bear. Well, she's the... Yeah, yeah. She's a bastard child, but nobody yeah. knows that. So it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say I'd blame them. I'd also leave the town and go to a cottage. Honestly, yeah. As much as I love London, I would not want to deal with that gossip. No, not society. Thank you very much. No. Uh, yeah, and then her story is the typical Cinderella story she has mm-hmm. with stepsisters. And so I really enjoy that part of it. Um, it was really cute. I think another reason why I was let down so much regarding that whole situation was because I was so excited for a Cinderella type story. Yeah. So when he was being a little more callous, I was like, oh. But then if you think about it, modern day Cinderella stories are not really nice. No, they're not. You're right. The Cinderella story with Chad Michael Murray and Hilary Duff. Oh my God, he's (laughs) such an asshole. Right. Yeah. He ignores her. And then, you know, she has that great old waiting for you, like waiting for it rain and the drought or whatever it is oh god I feel horrible for misquoting that because it was such an iconic line for middle school setting that was a great but so I feel like modern day Cinderella stories always like to twist that little part a bit and make the guy a bit of a yeah you know they can't all be Richard Madden in Cinderella no courage and kindness don't know her but yeah so I I I'm hoping those things change, but I'm still ready to, like, fight for Benedict's intention. Yeah. I do. I like him. I like that he's an artist. Yeah. It's still a fun story. He's an idiot, but it's fine. He is. (laughs) Okay, Eloise's book. Eloise. Child number six? No, five. Five. Oh, book number five. Book number five. Hey! To Sir Philip with Love. (laughs) I, at first was not like I was on the fence about reading this one and I was like I don't know I had read the description and I was like not thrilled but I was like all right you know what I'm just gonna read it now I'm so deep and I ended up really freaking liking it loving it like I love the family moments and her and Philip ended up being like really cute um and I because I feel like again like a lot of times we don't see too much of the other siblings in the other books. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we definitely got a better look at Eloise in this one. Well, obviously we would, <laughs> but I liked seeing what she was about and how she liked writing letters and all that. So I really, really liked that. I, this book was the biggest surprise for me because yeah. I genuinely did not think I would like it. I was not planning on reading it. I 
was just, I don't know. Like you said, the description sounded off, but it ended up being one of my favorites, like top three for sure. And primarily because of the family moments, which I, my number one moment with like the family, like the Bridgerton moments is there's a moment here with Anthony and Eloise that just breaks me. Like, I. It's so sweet. You know what moment I'm going to find it, but you can talk. <laughs> while you find that? Okay. While I find it, go ahead and tell everyone why this book is so great. I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was like a little odd. Like she's talking to her, I guess like her distant cousin or her cousin. I don't know. Uh, cousin's widower. And, but like, I thought it was like, kind of like, you know, it was an interesting way to start the whole book. And then I really liked also this book made me like Benedict and Sophie more too, because seeing their bits of relationship was really nice and sweet. Um, and it was also interesting to touch on like, you know, uh, some aspects of like mental health that weren't really talked about during that time. And also it was really sweet with Oliver and Amanda. I thought her relationship with them was cute. So cute. And his children. Even though, yeah, they're a little menaces, but they were very cute. And I just like, it was, it was just a really sweet read. And it was like, nice too, to see her like a spinster, but still finding her, like her love Mm -hmm. after Penelope gets married. Even though that's one, one of my complaints is that I wish Penelope and Eloise were in more of each other's books. Yeah. Because they have such a close relationship that that was one thing that always bothered me. But I I know kind of makes sense because that's where the the divide kind of happens and I'm really excited to see the relationship on screen because we already know based on god bless Nicola but yeah everything she's posted it seems like her and Eloise at least have screen time and so I'm Mm -hmm. excited to see their relationship kind of be as strong as it is and then if they do have that divide where it kind of makes starts to make sense then where you're like that then Eloise's actions make sense because like that conversation with Anthony, as she said, like she was extremely happy for Penelope. She became her sister. Yeah. She's always her sister. And she yeah. became her sister. But she's like, then that just meant it wasn't us against the world. It yeah. was it was now her and Colin against the world and then just Eloise. And yeah. she started to feel like she was no longer not not even a, not a whole person because I feel like she's always if anyone is whole, it's Eloise, but that she sort of felt defenseless in a way. And I go back and forth between my favorite Bridgerton girl being Eloise or Hyacinth. But the more I think about it, I think it is Eloise. Yeah. Because I just, I connect to that part of her that feels like she's always trying to like get the lat, like to get people to listen to her. Yeah. I was just like, Oh my God, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Not again. Um, and so when Anthony says, like, I can't, this whole chapter, I just catch glimpses and I'm dying. It's holy, it's such a hilarious chapter because she just keeps talking about how his poise and like that tone of voice that he uses with her. Yes. Oh my God. The whole scene's great. Like where he says, you know, um, I've, I, I've been a father to you more than I've been a brother, like, which is what I wanted. I'm paraphrasing because I cannot find it. 
But then when he says, like, I never worried about you because... And I was just like, okay. Wow. Like, sir, what even? And then and then there's that really great moment where he talks about Kate, where she's like, you had a love match. And he's like, uh, no, I didn't. And then, but in his mind, like, he knows yeah. that even before the whole incident, like, he loved his wife. But I also really love what he says about how if you tell me that he's a cruel man and he will beat you and dishonor you, then you don't have to marry him. But if he's yes. none of those things, like, you're marrying him. Yeah. You have to decide. And I just, it's just, it's iconic. And I, there's nothing about this scene that I would change. Nothing. So I really hope when it's on screen that nothing changes. Because it's just so good. Like, between it's- that conversation... And then when they get out and the rest of them are drunk and they're talking about a bar wench <laughs> and boobs. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know how they get drunk in 10 minutes. But, and then there's that whole conversation again back to Anthony where she's like, were you tempted? And he's like, no, don't tell anyone. They'll like, I have a reputation to make <laughs> Just Because he is whipped for his wife. <laughs> what are, uh, perfection. But, yeah, I just, the, the entirety of Eloise's book is just so fascinating. And Philip is an interesting character. He is. He's, he's very, not my favorite of the guys, but no, I do like him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like he's good for her. Yeah. Because she needed. She needs to slow down. Yeah. A little bit. And I feel like a kind of man who's earthy is just right for her. Like, away from the ton. Yeah. And that whole life, you know, I think it's perfect. And then there's that really adorable moment with Sophie and Benedict and their kid. And I love that moment. It was so yeah. sweet. And I like how, you know, I did like that little bit of drama where he was like, she left me. But it was like, it like she didn't. She just yeah. wanted to get advice. And then he sees her and he's like, oh. And he was like, okay. Like, and he just helps. And when he thought it was her, that was really... Yes. Like, when they said, like, haven't you heard? Or, like, the letter, all that is just... Yeah. Very, very sweet. Um, And then the letter she writes to her daughter, who she names Penelope. Oh, my God, yeah. I just... Okay. Yeah. That was so sweet. the waterworks. (laughs) But that's really sweet. So, I'm guessing you've read her second epilogue. I did. Oh, that was the first epilogue. Oh, you're right. The second epilogue yeah. is um, Amanda's life, like Amanda's journey with a guy, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at that. So it's very interesting. and I, I Or the shooting, like, oh, when I love they, that. like, do it before she gets here. And then and Gregory's like, like, I'm not playing now. Nobody <laughs> like, wants It's just. It's so childish and petty, but those are the most perfect moments. And I feel like yeah. Elise's book has that the most. Yeah, it has such a good balance of everything. Yeah. Like, the siblings in it are just truly chef's kiss. So good. And Colin complaining oh. about wanting to be with his wife. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> it's so stupid and ridiculous. And I just... I'm here for that. I yes, am? Colin, you go be with your wife. <laughs> Why are you here? Why I all? just love how all four of them came. <laughs> yeah. Even Gregory. And I love how Eloise is like just shitting on how old he is the whole time. She's like, 
You're still in what, like leading pants or whatever the heck it's called? Like, why was all four of them necessary? Especially Benedict Lazak's clothes. Like, he could have just yeah the one to come. But no, all four of them had to the come. The three of them probably went to Benedict and be like, okay, we're here. Let's go. And then, you know. Well, probably. Uh, knowing Anthony, he always, like, if he needs to go on a duel or if he needs to do something stupid, Benedict is his number one choice. Yeah. And I love how Colin says that in the first book where he's like, he, he's probably already recruited him. <laughs> It's just so ridiculous. And those are the moments I'm so excited to see on the TV show. Because yes. they have more opportunities. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. I do want each couple to get, like, their their screen time. Yeah. Like, I uh, want, like, a good chunk of screen time for them. Like, more than what you would normally see in an ensemble mm-hmm. cast. But yeah. I do still want a lot with the ensemble. Yeah, for sure. And I'm positive we'll get it. Yeah. I mean, it's... You're going to do a series off of romance books? You got to. Yep. So romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Speaking of. So book number three. Four. Book number four. Child number three. Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Oh, children. Child. Yes. Not Bridgerton number three, but like child number... uh, I love this book. Same. Here's the thing. This is, like, the biggest spoiler, so if you have not read it, please stop listening. But I was not... I didn't like the idea of Penelope being Lady Whistledown at first. Mm-hmm. I was not here for it. And then as the books progressed and I understood her motive... And not that I didn't like Lady Whistledown, but I was just like, oh, that's... I don't know how I feel. Like, it was just... I automatically dismissed it. And then reading further into it I was like oh my god I love this like uh, you go Penelope like yeah yeah, you be Lady Whistledown yeah see I had a similar reaction where at first I was like oh I don't know if I love that but then like I was thinking about it I'm like no I'm like actually I do love that because what else has she been doing like this time like it stinks because if you don't have something which most people didn't have anything to do women like, so yeah. she spent all that time basically, like, waiting for Colin, not doing anything. No, she did something for herself. She did something big. And then yeah. with Colin thinking it's Eloise because she's writing the letters to Sir yeah. Philip, that was really fascinating. I like that intertwining. Yeah. But it just, I can't. Hello? Yeah. Penelope Featherington is Lady Whistledown. My God. Uh, but I really love their book. Because I think it's the most unproblematic book. Yeah. Colin can be a little weird with it. Like, and I get it. It's definitely of the time. and like It's of the time. Not but... used to it. And he's worried about her. Yeah. Like, Penelope being her and, like, what society is going to say and all that. But overall, like, I, I can't even, like, fault him that much. Because, like, and I get it. He's Colin... coming from a place of worry. And he addresses it, like, head on when he yes. says, I would. Absolutely. Like, the whole jealousy thing, he addresses head-on, and he admits to it, and he admits to that kind of silly childlike fear that he had of not... And again, it comes back to the the brothers and their issues. Like, when Colin says he's not only the third son, but he's, what, like, number nine in line, technically, because... Yeah. Benedict both have so many sons already. Mm -hmm. So he really feels like he has no place in the world which is why he travels so much and all that. And then taking back to him being a writer as well, which was a very interesting 
turn of events. And I really love that they both kind of took that and made it to their own, thus making it a partnership and not yes. just a woman who does nothing, which again, women of the time liked that. Some did, and it was normal. Yeah. But not Penelope. And no. Appreciated that. And that's what I love. Yeah. It was just, it was great. I really liked, I always like liked Penelope, but then you get to see more of her in this and I'm just like, you are great and I love you. Yeah. Like Penelope Featherington is just a queen. She's something special. She really is. And it's so interesting how it all plays out. Like she's the only person Lady Danbury likes. Yeah. Well, besides like Heisen, 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 Heisen. Yeah. But, so if Lady Danbury likes you, you've got to be special and like what's her name Cressida who's oh god trying to ruin everything but it's gonna be very interesting to see Colin and Penelope's story in the series because we've got such a long way to go yeah because in the books it's there's a six-year gap between six or seven yeah I think it might be seven between Benedict and Collins oh I was thinking the Duke and I so that's even more yeah Yeah, it might even be, like, nine then for them. Because Anthony's book is ten years. Is it ten years or nine years? No, it's ten years. Because when he turns 39 and they have that whole, like, he's fine now, Lady Whistledown is still out there. Yeah. So I really, I wonder if they're going to change the ages in the series a bit to kind of... I think they might. Um... Maybe they'll even change the age that their dad dies, or which would be tough. I don't know if I they'll change still that per se, but I feel like maybe they'll change, or they'll just do like major time gaps. I mean, time jumps. And yeah, they could. Just like the book. Yeah. Department goes ham on making them look older. I don't know. Yeah. But it's very interesting because we get Penelope and Colin. I don't know. I'm very interested in what we're going to see because we also get Philip in the series. Yeah. So that's why well, with that one episode. So I'm very curious as to how that's going to play out. We also have a Marina and yeah. I wonder if it's the Marina. Or yeah, I think, I think Marina. it's the cousin Marina, Philip's wife. And I'm guessing. I'm just very curious if they're going to have like what they're going to do to because I feel like as sad as this is, I feel like Colin and Penelope are going to have the most angst. Oh, yeah. Because we're probably going to, from the very beginning, get inklings of Penelope having feelings for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, 100%. And Colin yeah. being completely oblivious. Yeah. And I'm sure all the guys have mistresses here and there. Mm-hmm. And, or if Colin is actually in a relationship or, like, courting someone, how she'll yeah. to that. Oh, I don't know, but that's sadly what I feel is that those two will get the most angst because I yeah they are the most beloved couple. Yeah. So, but it'll be interesting. I'm very intrigued to see also if we as the audience, let's say if people get into this and they haven't read the books, if they're going to know if Penelope is Lady Whistledown. Like, are we just going to, because I know it's narrated by Julie Andrews, but yeah. whether we're going to like see Penelope, I don't know, writing throughout the series or if we're going to just. Or if they're going to show Eloise and Penelope writing throughout the yeah. series so then people don't know for sure. 
and get it mixed yeah. up. Imagine they just completely twisted on us and it's Eloise in the <laughs> I wouldn't want that, but I, I yeah, yeah. They did, but I hope they don't. But yeah, I just I know there's angst for those two and I'm ready for it. Yeah. That I'm ready for, I can deal with. And I love the casting for those two so much. Oh god. It's adorable and I I love Nicola from Dairy Girls. I she just and it's gonna be so interesting to see her in another role with a completely different accent (laughs) and being able to have costume changes. Yes. But yeah, I just and bless her for posting. Let her run the market because they're not doing enough. Yeah. Said what I said. Let her post. Um but yeah, her and Luke already have so many pictures together, and it's adorable. Uh, Luke Newton, since there's two yeah. of them, but it's just I'm excited, and I'm I'm not nervous for those two. As angsty as it gets, I'm not nervous. So. No, not at all. I'm I'm ready for their angst. But is there a moment between Violet and No? There's that moment between Colin and, and Daphne. Uh, yes, Colin and Daphne, which is adorable. Yeah, but Colin and. Penelope's mom, Portia. Oh my god. Where they assume he wants Felicity and he's oh my just god. Like going and saying, like, why would I want Felicity? She's an infant. Yes. Yes. I love that. That, that was hilarious. Too, where he's like, I wanna talk to Penelope. Like, what is wrong with you people? And like you could tell he's about to just strangle everyone. I love that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, and then there's that moment with Daphne where he's like, you're the only one that can help me because the others are basically useless. <laughs> and that's also... Didn't an she in- say, that's when she said Benedict's just strange or something? Yeah, she goes, uh, he goes, I didn't feel like there was music in the air or something. And like Benedict said, she said, Benedict is not normal. <laughs> like, where is the lie? He is not. Um, but she says something really beautiful too, like about how love is going to surprise you and you may think that you know what you're getting into but you don't and at that point her and Simon have been married for what like 11 years probably 10 years well no oh yeah love me takes place a A year year after after. yeah um Colin and yeah at least 10 or 11 years yeah I think it's immediate those are the only two books that are immediately after each other well, no, because then there's Penelope and Eloise. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's just, yeah. like, at, that's happening at the same time. But I meant yeah. like the older ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. For time's sake of the show and how the other jumps. Right. Are you ready to talk about the Viscount who loved me? Are you ready to talk about the Viscount No, I'm me? not. I'm not. We're already an hour into this podcast. <laughs> and I just... Oh, boy. This, uh... <laughs> this... All right, so book number two about Anthony. So, I count who loved me. Child number one, the powerful, uh, powerful, powerful. I count Bridgerton. I love them so much. It's stupid. So much. Like, where does one even begin? Their story is so perfect because we got enemies to lovers. Yes. Hello. Yes. Hello. Enemies to lovers. Hurt comfort. Um, what else? Just like, what do you call it? Like the Paul Mall. That's great. The ridiculousness of just their entire banter. Yes. 
And then we have a man who thinks he's never going to fall in love and he's too powerful and he's too this. Like, completely coming to love. Yes. And I just... I don't even know where to, like, what are words? I don't know. I just, I'm thinking about everything right now and it's just, like, really hard because I just, I don't know where to begin. Like you said. Um, Oh, you know what I was thinking of? Like, you're so right with when Eloise said, like, that his was a love match and he's like, it wasn't. And, like, technically it wasn't a love match, but do you think he would have reacted so violently to her being sung by a bee if it were anyone? No. 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 Absolutely not. No. He, he, he would probably run away. Probably. Like, uh, like he, you good? You good? I'm out. Have you been stung before? Okay, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> but, so, and it's just, it's so great to me that a man like Anthony, who's such a little shit, and, like, this powerful man that everybody knows and everybody respects, but he could be brought down by a bee. Yeah. But it's also fascinating because you think about his father and you think about how much that that clearly affected him and how vulnerable it's made him as a person. And yes. that he never shared that vulnerability with anyone, including members of his family. And in comes this woman who just cannot stand him. Bless her. Truly. Bless her. And he wants to marry his sister, her sister's, he wants to marry her sister solely to get married because he needs to produce some heirs because he, he, he genuinely believes he's going to die in 10 years, 8 years, uh-huh. nine years. Yeah. And so he's got to produce some heirs because that's how that's life how is. how it goes. <laughs> uh, and he, he just, he just, what are words? Like, <laughs> I think, like, uh, what do you call it? Here, if we want to tackle what we, the lesser, I mean, we love the book. But, like, some of the things we didn't like quite as much. One, I wish there was just, like, a teensy. You know what? I'll do the other one first. The only thing that really bothered me about this book was when they were leaving from the wedding. And he, and it was just a line. And I understand. It is completely at the times. Fully acknowledge that. But it's still just, like, one of those things where it's just, like, ugh, Ew. And when she was like, all right, maybe we shouldn't, like, sleep together or whatever, because she's nervous. And he says, um, like, he said something about, like, you're going to deny me my rights or something. I'm just like, gag. Like, gag. But the way he reacts when he thinks that he, if someone has ever touched her the wrong way or if she was sexually abused, like, kind of makes up for it. Because, like, he was just, like, ready to do murder. So, like I said, that was, like, the only thing that, like, really bothered me that he did. But, again, it's of the times it's gonna happen and then my only other thing is i just wanted a little bit more i just needed a little more at the ending great just ended another thing that bothers me though is how like of a just a pompous idiot he is when he goes over to her house to tell her of the rules of their marriage and i'm like oh my god you need to relax yeah. I just, but I, I appreciate him for being honest there where she's like, uh, you were going to marry like my sister basically. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? I wasn't going to do it for love. I was just trying to impress you. Like he's completely honest in all of it. Yeah. Doesn't hide anything or shy away from being completely, well, not completely because he's obviously not telling her of this crippling fear he has, but yeah. 
he doesn't lie where he doesn't have to. And I think that's, that deserves respect as much as he just drives me insane. And I'm like, yes, yeah. an idiot, but whatever. Yeah. I don't like uh, it coming off as the rules, but I do appreciate him being open about like what he can give the relationship. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, he's still an idiot. He's such an idiot. He's such an idiot because, well, for me, I think Anthony didn't realize that he was in love, but I think he, he's already gone when, at, right after he kisses her. Like, yeah. He's done after that. Yeah. Because even at, during the storm, after Palmel, he's complete. During Palmel, he thinks about kissing her again. There's yeah. that scene in the garden where he thinks about kissing her again. Like, are you good? What's wrong with you, man? Like, let's. What, what, what you doing there? What you thinking? In our pants. Are you okay? Like, we're not supposed to fall in love. What's happening here? So all of that, he's just, he's such an idiot. He still does it. He still falls in love. He does, and he falls so hard, and he's completely a different man. And it, like, it, what makes me sad is that Anthony doesn't have any, like, moments with any of his siblings. Oh, no, he does. He does. Uh, yeah. But it's nothing, it's not as vulnerable as it usually is with him being the one to do the talking. Yes. They're just kind of like messing with him which is great because yeah I honestly am so excited to see that scene (laughs) yeah uh I just I can't wait for their dynamic of the three of them like oh my god yeah the three of them and their dynamic is going to be incredible so them in the what you were thinking about when they're at the club and they're like you know trying to get him to say that he loves her yeah, is that yeah. where he's completely hungover and just wanting to strangle both of yes. them? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Or like when totally. Eloise calls Kate to the house because yes. he snuck into the house and he's drunk in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, are you 12? He is. Clearly. I, but Kate. Um, I love her and I love her family dynamics too. Yes. Like, I love her little family. And then the Bridgerton family, and I'm just, I want, yeah, I love that. So you didn't see this, but Kate, because you didn't read um, the second (laughs) epilogue for Francesca, although I told you, but Mary passes away, and Kate finds out that she's pregnant, even though she's, she didn't think she could get pregnant again. And then they named the daughter Mary, and I just, my heart. I love that. The one plea we both have for this series is, to not screw up Kate and Anthony. Like, they can do whatever they want with do whatever that. they want. But I will not stand for any, like, kind of meddling with Kate and Anthony. Kat, I love them too. Tell us who Kate Sheffield is going to be right now because mm-hmm. that is my biggest stress pertaining to this series. Like, everything else, I'm fine waiting. Just tell me when Kate's coming and tell me that Kate is is Kate. Like, because I think a lot of people might be worried that... They're going to change her name. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I will not stand for that. But... I know. I want her to be... What I Kate see on the internet, Kate is probably the most popular female after uh, Penelope. So... I, I hope so. I'm guessing they will not do that. They better not. No. Please. So... They can't. It's Kate. It's Kate. Yeah. Like, it's Kate and Anthony. That's it. 
Kate and Anthony are the couple of this show. Like, I will fight anyone who disagrees because they are. He's the Viscount. He's most important and most powerful. And she's the Viscountess. Yeah. I do really want to know who they're, what he called, who they're going to cast as her because then I can actually do my fan art with her face. And she's just, Kate's the best. She is. She's seriously the best. Like, her reaction to his fears is so beautiful. Like, everything she says to him is just perfect. And, like, I love her. She's mm-hmm. just, she is the kind of wife an idiot like him needs. But yep. also, he's the perfect husband because you know his loyalty is unmatched. There's nothing he wouldn't do for her. And at this point, he is completely whipped. Like, yeah, and... Speaking of like, um, hit like her being there for him, like him bringing her to Mary to talk about like her nightmares mm-hmm. and how she doesn't handle storms well. Yeah, love that so much. Their hurt comfort is it's unmatched. It's the best, truly the it's best. So good. I any I can't. There's this just they, take a minute. <laughs> I can't. I love it. And I'm sorry, like, when she gets in the carriage accident and he's, like, trying to pull her out and stuff, I was like, I'm like, oh, my God, just keep reading. Just keep reading. I... But I still, like I said, I like I I want a little bit more. Yeah, I I always love... I do, I do. I just, like, you know, I feel like sometimes when you skip to the epilogue and it's so far in the future, I, I like, almost feel like whiplash. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where it's, like, um, I want, like, if we had just gotten maybe one more chapter of, like, Anthony watching over Kate, like, as she's getting ready and, like, having the the family come over and just, like, have, like, a conversation. It doesn't have to even be that long. Just, like, something with them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I would just, I would really love that. It yeah. would just, like, take me out of the story slowly instead of being, all right, we're done. But, yeah, that's not just a this book problem. That is a problem of many, many books. Amen. Yeah. I yeah. do. There's so much to say about Kate and Anthony that I don't even, I, I, this would be a two hour podcast. It could be a two hour podcast. It could be like, I, there are no words for how much I love them. They're seriously the perfect couple. They're They're so good. Perfect. I just, like, like who else can put Anthony in his place? No one. Kate can. Maybe he's like, like anyone else would just even me, I'd probably be like, hmm, the powerful I can't breathe <laughs> You can do whatever you want. Completely lose all sense of anything with that man, but she's just like, You're an idiot, does not take any of his shit. Oh my god, you know what I love? When they first dance together. And Colin puts them together, and Colin is saying, oh, yeah, she really likes you. We're like, oh, yeah, like, don't worry. She already has a high opinion of you. Or yeah, whatever. and she can't stand him. Oh, my God. What a great way to and start a meeting. stepping on his boots, like, yes, yes. you go. And then yes. in the library, when she, like, what is she? She pinches his knee. Yeah, I think he, like, stepped on her foot, and then she pinched his knee or something, or clawed his knee, I think. Yeah, like. <laughs> so dumb. Her children. She's literally the only person who's like who can stand her ground to him. Yeah. 
And that's what I think is so beautiful about their relationship because there is a really fine balance. Like usually enemies to lovers is not done that well, no. but theirs is perfect. There's, there's nothing I would change about their relationship no. other than adding more. That's it. I just, just want give me more. I need more. I'm not, I'm not satisfied. I can't wait. I cannot wait for guessing season two. Yeah. Oh, God. I want them to have everything. They and deserve I, everything. To see just how horrible Anthony is in terms of being a rake. Give me the worst of Anthony Bridgerton only to see just how much he, like, succumbs to being the most loyal, loving husband. Yes. You're right. You're so right about that. Because the only thing is, like, I hope they don't have him, like, messing around after they meet. That's the only well, thing I hope there's after. that one time. Yeah, well, he's, like, when Kate's in the room. They, like, at least, like, they still weren't on good terms. But, like, I, like, that I'm okay with. But then after that, I do hope they follow the book where he does not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like once he meets Kate, there will be a fine, like, disconnect between Rake Anthony and I don't understand what's happening to me, Anthony. Yeah. I'm becoming a different man. <laughs> But yeah, so we'll probably be back once the show actually starts. We have please way more give talk. us a date. Is it that hard to just tell us we gotta wait three months, two months, one month, two weeks? You know what? If they don't even want to give us an exact date, can you give us the month? A month. Just give us the name of the month. Let's go. Give it us says a 2020. Poster. We're at we're on month eight of 2020. Let's go. Give us a poster. What am I going to use for the cover art for this? I don't know. I have nothing. <laughs> like, come on. Help us out, Netflix. Um, but seriously, I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. We'll, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We got a lot to talk about at this point. Oh, we do. Just, just get ready for a lot of Bridgerton content, friends. We <laughs> We could keep going. We could. This is a choice to willingly stop this. Because otherwise, not being sarcastic when I said it. Want a four-hour podcast? (laughs) Just talking about Anthony and Kate. If you round up all the times we've talked about them. Even in the other books, yeah. It's been hours and hours of content. We just had a lot to say. (laughs) But... um, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at Jenna Guidi on, to- on Twitter. On Twitter. I'll be there. We and will. Instagram. Yep. And I will link everything in the description. Please go hound Netflix and tell them to hurry up, friends. Please. Losing patience here. These are dark times. And Bridget Give us something nice life. in the midst of Corona. We deserve good things. Um, But thank you guys for listening. God bless and goodbye. Bye.